Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Sports Talk here on the Big 870. Mike to tell you along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Hebert. Uh We'll have Steve Geller join us at 544, triple option. And, Bob, last night we, we sort of talked about this. And I give the, the Pels a little bit of credit. They played with some energy. They played hard. But, man, going down to, um, to the Pacers, and every time they cut that lead down to three, here comes the all man, Halliburton. Bow. And, you know, yeah. and they seal the deal. And then they. Tyrese Halliburton. Man, uh, is he good. Uh, Mike, yeah, is he good? Uh, come on. Uh, I didn't realize this, uh, but you know what's crazy when you're like, I like best of the best? You know, he's the NBA assist leader. So he's not in the top five. No, he's the NBA assist leader. So he sets the up tempo attack for the Pacers. You look where they're at right now. And Siakam. Uh, Siakam, you remember that, that was, uh, I think he's from Africa, whatever. He was the one that helped the Raptors, Raptors. win the championship. You know, so uh, when I look at that, uh, look, Halliburton scored th- 17 points, but he dished out 13 assists. Now, Siakam scored 24 points. Now, um, and look, fast break, getting back on defense. Uh, they outscored the Pelicans 21 to 8 in, in fast break points. And then you look at uh, the, the final score of the game. So it at all, uh, you know, 123 to 114, the pace on top. I didn't think they were going to win on the road. If you look at it, uh, just a lot of bad luck. What I mean by that, you had talked to uh, Jen Hale and all. They didn't arrive in Indianapolis until after 5 a.m. And then basically in 12 hours, uh, you play in a game. So that's like, uh, I mean, you got to handle adversity and all that. And they got off to such a bad start. Yeah, yeah, Mike, uh, exactly. If you they fell behind by 20 points early in the second quarter. So, but I I would say now with the Pacers coming to New Orleans, Smoothie King Center Friday night, then we got to win. I I think we find with our road record right now. I'm more concerned uh, because you look right now, uh, we're 18 and 13 on the road. This season, no, that was short road trip one and one. Uh, but you face the Pacers on at Friday at home. We got to be way better at home in the smoothie case. You got to have legit home field advantage. Uh, home court, home oh, we, court. We used home to say field, football. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, home court advantage. We need to have that because we fine on the road. We got to play way better at home. No question about it. Uh, we got things lined up, but let, let's go to Oakland Harjula's talking text line. We got Longshoreman holding on. Longshoreman, you're in the huddle with Bobby and Mike. Hey, Bobby and Mike, uh, thank y'all for taking my call. How y'all been doing, fellas? Good, uh, all right, uh, Longshoreman. Uh, so, uh, the Leap here, uh, the, you got an extra day. Did you have to work today or you had off? 
<laughs> no, no, you you to put that in the contract. You get off on the 29th once every four years. If, if a, long, a longshoreman takes off for that, you're on your own. You ain't getting paid for that, buddy. <laughs> you, uh, you'd have to call in sick, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't do that very often either, Bobby. <laughs> no, I, I know you're a hard worker. So. Go ahead and grind it out. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, no, hey, look, I was listening to Jimmy from Gretna. You know, I've been listening to him. I uh, always hear him call in. Sometimes uh, he calls in early. And I'm kind of hoping I could get a little plug from him for Saturday night. <laughs> Yeah, 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 because Jimmy says, uh, go see Longshoreman and Mandeville. Now he's yeah. going to try to sell those tickets to go see you on the secondary market. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, maybe you can give me a little plug for my Mandeville show Saturday night. Well, uh, Longshoreman, hey, I, I was impressed with your skill set. Uh, so uh, I, I, I'm not saying you'd be a number one draft pick, but you might go late first round, early second. Yeah, you, we'll pick hey, you in I'll day two. That, we'll pick you in day I'll, two. I'll How that, about that? I'll take that as a compliment all day long, Bobby. That's right. Uh, there's a lot of competition out there. I, that's, I, I just enjoy myself. That's, that's hey, so, so Longshoreman, yeah. when you look at the Saints and now uh, the Combine evaluating talent, um, okay, let's say you're a voice of the people, a voice of the Hootat Nation. What do you want to see with the 14th pick? Now, we might move, but if we stay put at 14th, uh, do you want to like offensive and defensive line, or would you like a tight, the tight end from Georgia, Bowers? It looks like he might be available well, there. Or, well, what's your take? And uh, uh, You, you can say anything. There's no wrong or right answer. Right. I would like to see us go with a quarterback. If that doesn't pan out, the Saints don't have much of a history of drafting quarterback there uh, nope. first pick but uh mike i wanted to get your opinion i do like this kid out of uh, alabama on the o-line uh, i can't remember his name jc uh, latham he's yes, a, now he's not this long lengthy tackle but he's a wide load and he is a he's, terrific he's, run blocker he's broad yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's that's the best <laughs> term to use and um okay he's not the most technically sound guy for as a pass protector but he gets the job done they don't beat him on that right side and if you watched they sort of redid things with Tommy Reese where he would roll Milrow to that side of the field because he knew he wasn't going to get any pressure and, and so Tommy had to adjust a little bit because of Milrow's uh, skill set uh, because he's really throwing the football better Kind of when he's on the move a little bit, they moved him to the right because you weren't going to get any pressure coming. JC's mashing these guys. Uh, He's like a bulldozer. He runs over you and he runs you back over. And, and you know, Longshoreman and Mike, um, you know, there's big people in the NFL. Hello, yeah, to say the least. You could be a giant at 6'5", 6'6", like 330. You know, I play with a number of linemen that I look little when I was uh, standing by them. But then when you look at, like, he's 6'6", six, six, uh, 360. Uh, you want him coming to New Orleans? If we can't afford he's like, uh, hopefully he'll be a little bit more disciplined. We don't want him getting up to 375, 380. Yeah, because I have a friend of ours that, man, that, that Travante Sweat guy from Texas, he'd be perfect for the Saints to stop the run, okay? He's 366 pounds today. And his metabolism is still there to burn off some of it. What happens when he gets 25, 26 years old? Man, uh, 
that's why I'm always a little bit leery when you bring in a guy who's always fought the weight issues. No, and I, I remember Arnhead. You know, his, oh. his, his son, with Cameron Hayward, is one of the best uh, young defensive linemen. Not young anymore, but with the Steelers. I remember with, with Arnhead. Okay, um, with Head, you'd be like, uh, let's go get a beer. But to him, a beer was a whole case. I mean, uh, <laughs> come on. And then it would be like we had a birthday party. I'll never forget this with Arnhead. You know how they cut the cake up and then you share it to whoever's at the birthday party. And you come to give a head a piece. And he goes, no, he goes, I'm going to wait till everybody gets their piece and I'll take the rest of the cake. (laughs) (laughs) And so so I said, said, Arnhead, I don't think that's a wise move uh, that you do that. I've seen Arnhead, you know, talk about big players dealing with weight. I saw Arnhead, uh, now we had a mini camp then. Now they got OTAs, but a mini camp like in May. And Coach Amara was freaking out. All of a sudden, you know, he's working out and all. He comes in May, and then uh, he's, th- he's 265. So um, Coach Amara's all fired up. So maybe by the time he came to uh, the training camp in late July, he got up to like 315. And then, then he goes, like, Amara's going, Head, what the hell you did in like two and a half months? You go from like 265 to 315, but he was nimble. You know, he was – I never saw an individual player, a running back, that was so nimble and that big. But that's what you're dealing with these linemen. And, and you're talking about these guys now over 350 pounds. Man, you got to be careful with all of that. No, like I remember Jim Dombrowski uh, coming uh, from University of Virginia, number one draft pick, uh, you know, 320, 330. Uh, looked like he carried it well. You know, he's a, he's a big 6'6". He's a big human being. But now you're getting Mike, it's like the 350, 360 range. That doesn't mean they're not a great athlete, but eventually after a while, all that takes a toll on you physically to be that big. Oh, yeah, yeah. With carrying that much extra weight. And Mike, uh, now when you look at Latham, 6'6, they got him 360. Um, Most uh, of his experience has come at right tackle. Yeah, that's but true. But that, that, they wouldn't necessarily be interested in him. It'd be like if, Ram, if they think Ryan Ramchek's not available. But Ryan Ramchek, they think he's turning the corners and he's going to be all right. Uh, I, don't, I don't think they would draft him or think about it, right? Uh, I would still think about it. Man, well, he, he, he's was, a really well, good so player. So what do you do? Maybe move Ramchek to the left side if he can recover a little bit and keep him at a right tackle? We'll, we'll see what happens on that left side because I think those questions will be answered before the draft on what they think of Andrus P. Right, right. And what are they going to do with Trevor Penning? I still say, Mike, you know, I've been tuning this horn. Uh, Trevor Penning, I think very similar to what happened to Dombrowski. Uh, Well, he was a solid guard, didn't work out at tackle, but he was a solid guard, started well over double-digit years. I still think Trevor Penning can have a double-digit career in the NFL on the inside. We'll be back with more Sports Talk, and our daily feature uh, today will be on interior defensive linemen right after this break here on the Big 870 WWL. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. 
Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870, Mike Detail along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear. It's our daily feature on top prospects and respective positions. Today it's on defensive tackles for the 2024 NFL Draft. I have one legit First-round pick defensive tackle, one, because I only have 22 first-round picks graded, and that's Byron Murphy, the second defensive tackle from Texas. He's my 16th-rated overall player. Okay, Texas listed him at 6'2". He's a little bit more than six foot tall. But you talk about a guy who's disruptive, got great leverage skills, Man, knows how to use his arms and hands really well. He's a good interior pass rusher, can run the field, um, he's got everything, but he's not this tall guy, but I would rather a shorter defensive tackle because of the leverage. If you're too Without tall, you give up too much body. And the we physics. saw, yeah, well, Brian Brisset this year, and, and he showed some really good potential as a pass rusher, but against the run, he gives you up all that body, those well, interior guys, they get under your pads, they move you around. Can't do that with Byron. He's a little over six foot tall. No, Mike, and you look at it, the past history and where we're at right now, uh, uh, okay, when you think about now, uh, the cat in Kansas City. Now, now that's a different now, one. Chris Jones now, now, is now, he's uh, the outlier. He's, he's the, outlier. Yeah, you don't see many like but him. And he at, had to learn how to play different. But you look at Aaron Donald. You look from LSU with the Vikings, like Henry Thomas. You look at Warren Sapp uh, with the Buccaneers. No, Mike. Uh, now they wide, uh, but then they're not. They're not vertically challenged. And they're not saying they're like five eight and. But, I mean, they're not like no 6'4", six, 6'5 six, guy. Okay, like who was one of the six, baddest five. cats you went up against with the Vikings? John Randall. John Randall. Look at all the sacks and how disruptive he was. No, uh, th- there is a pattern there when you th- – now, the edge guys? That's different. No, no, that, that, that's different. You look at uh, Jadavian Clowney. Uh, you look at uh, the freak, uh, Javon Curse. Javon Curse. And, and look, look how they were that's – that's different on the edge. We talk about interior, uh, low man wins and the leverage. No, that does make a difference. So, Mike, but you were saying they have him like what six two and a half. No, no, but, 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 but he's probably six foot. Yeah, he's a little <laughs> well, over six foot tall. That's a good thing because he came to a camp we were at, and you know, man, I, I look at this deal and I see six foot two. Mm, I, don't he don't think look so. six foot two. And he's, he's a, but man, can he play? And I think he's in that bullpen of players, depending on what's left. The Saints would have to take a look at that. I know they picked Brisset last year, but Byron Murphy the second, man, he might not fit exactly what you're looking for, but that cat can and, dominate and, in the and, middle. And, Mike, you look Brian Brzee, okay, from Clemson. I think, yeah, hell yeah, he can be disruptive. Uh, he's batting passes down, rush the passer. But How he plays the run. The run, without a doubt. Now, uh, I thought this was interesting, and I wanted your opinion on this. Because, you know, we wanted to get the run defense better. We let Shai Tuttle uh, go to Carolina. We let David Onyemata go to Atlanta. From the interior standpoint, from the D-tackles, did our defense get better last year? No. We did not get better in the interior. Now, we brought in Colin Sanders. He talks a good game. 
you know, he's a five years, going to be a six-year veteran. But the one thing I, I think that he don't say, no, I don't think we interviewed him one time, Nate Shepard. Nate Shepard. No, no, we uh, didn't. Uh, uh, from Fort Hayes State. Now he'll be into his seven year. But, Mike, the reason why I think, like, Nathan Shepard, uh, they want him around because he was one of those that they restructured his deal. And all of a sudden, you know, like Eric McCoy, they saved $7.1 million in Derek Carr. And then Carl Granison, we just talked about that. Nathan Shepard, they restructured his deal, and they saved right under $3 million. So by restructuring, I think they— and He's they, coming back. Yes, that he's in the plans. No question. And my number two-rated defensive tackle is uh, uh, Johnny Newton from Illinois. He's my 29th-rated player. He's built along the lines of Byron. He's disruptive that way. Now, he's coming off a foot injury, which he had surgery on. Looks to be he's well a long way to, to get uh, back healthy. And so Johnny Newton was a guy in the Big Ten I, I thought was a very, very good interior player. Uh, for the uh, Illini. My number three rated defensive tackle, and he's Byron Murphy the seconds guy right alongside of him. Tavontre Sweat, uh, six foot three and a half, 366 pounds. Uh, he is a giant guy inside. Again, it depends on what you want to play defensively, but for a big man, he's got short area quickness. He is powerful. I mean, he forklifts guys right back into the lap of a quarterback. But we see him wearing down late in games. Okay, that 366 pounds, that's a you lot. You start huffing and puffing in, in, in your heart. It's not like you not, don't have the desire, but then you're so freaking big and that your heart's working overtime. And think about <laughs> the fact both Byron Murphy II and Tavontre Sweat were both coached by Bo Davis. Who's well, now at LSU? Now at LSU, Pete Jenkins' and, and, protege. And Mike, speaking of LSU, where do you have? Because there's three uh, LSU defensive tackles. You look uh, Makai Wingo. Uh, you I look like at Jordan Mackay. Jefferson really and, and Mason Smith. Uh, uh, okay, I think even though he's from the Bay, uh, Mason Smith out of that those three cats would be the third banana. I mean, I'm, I'm going based on production. If you look at Makai Wingo, uh, what he did coming from Missouri. And then what Jordan Jefferson was able to do last season, coming from West Virginia, I think they've surpassed uh, Mason Smith. Mackay I mean, Wing- I'm talking about production. Makai Wingo will be the first defensive lineman from LSU picked. Again, he's barely six foot tall. Uh, man, he's versatile. He could play on the nose. He could play defensive tackle. Uh, they had thoughts that if he could have stayed healthy of even putting him – as an end in a 3-4 alignment because of his quickness. For a big man, man, he can get off the snap, and he is disruptive and a really good interior pass rusher. I've got him as a late second, very early third-round pick. I think Mason's going to get overdrafted. Somebody's going to fall in love with his athletic talent. Bob, I've always talked to you about it. Then you got to meet him. He's a giant uh, he's 6'5 plus. He's 315 pounds. He's got an 84-inch wingspan. But, but Mike, it, it Mike, doesn't the, equal the, the, to production. No, the hype uh, did not meet reality. And there's, like, we ain't hating. Uh, we no, just it's the truth. We, uh, we, we want him to succeed. No, and, and then he tore his ACL, and then he finished with, Mike, uh, he had 28 tackles, four and a half tackles for loss, uh, two and a half sacks, four hurries. No, you'd say he underachieved. But to me... I, I don't know. That's why I'd, I'd, I'd want him more now. And I told him this coming out of Terrebonne High School. you got to be open-minded to even play like tackle on the offensive line. He's 6'6", 315. I look at the leverage. 
How Padlov, I watched him in games. People get underneath him. They move him and, around. Yes. Okay, gives up too much body. And in a lot of ways, he's built along the lines of Brisset. He's all big body. Man, if I'm a smaller guy, get under his pads and move him around. And we saw that this year. No, and, and then wait, then wait. If you saw that this year in the college football. Wait till football, he gets to the NFL. Say, yes. Uh, Mike, the, now, they, I like Jordan Jefferson. Yeah, yeah. And from Jordan West Virginia, he, he was, was a transfer there. guy. You talk about a guy, he, he gives you everything he's got. Well, he was LSU's best defensive tackle down the stretch. I, I talked to Pete Jenkins. He said, Mike, that guy can play at the next level. He may not be a starter, but he'll be the first guy off the bench. Yep. He, he said he is really good. I think a guy, too, that I think everybody's going to really like. I've got him as a second-round pick. Braden Fiske from Florida State. He started his career at West, Western Michigan. He almost went to LSU, then decided, I'm going to Florida State. Disruptive guy, really good athlete. He gets a lot of penetration inside. And for an interior player, Bobby's got a good set of moves, counter moves, to beat you as a pass rusher. Well, Mike, I think he started out at Western Michigan. That's a directional school. Not Michigan, Michigan State, Western Michigan, the Broncos. I mean, uh, now think about that. And now now the transfer portal, you, you succeed and you get attention. So he leaves Western Michigan goes to Florida I, I State. I think you'll end up being a second-round pick. We'll okay. be back with more sports talk here on Big 870. And Justin Melo, who covers the NFL for the Draft Network, will talk to us and uh, all about the combine and uh, kind of what you get out of that. And a lot of that certainly has to do with medicals and interviews. And you get a first-hand look at how athletic these guys are. But got to watch the film. That's the most important thing. We'll be back with more Sports Talk here on the Big 870. We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike to tell you along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear, and on our Oakland Hard Jewelers talk and text line from the Draft Network, Justin Mello. Justin, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Combine starting up and, you know, I put out a draft book over 35 years and one of the things, I rarely changed a grade unless there was a medical or you might have found out something a little bit about a player on the negative side off the field because I think you can somehow get caught up in all this, uh, how high you can jump, how fast you can run, everything else, and you forget the most important thing. Jim Finks told me this back in 1987. He said, Mike, you got a, a skill for it, but I'm going to give you some advice. Don't fall in love with the athlete. Fall in love with the football player because that's how you're going to get tricked in this world. Well, and just like Mike was saying, uh, who was uh, – this is really old school. Who's the guy from Boston College Mike, with the Eagles? Uh, Mike Monello. <laughs> What he he was like, like Mamula was unreal. He was a workout combine. workout warrior, uh, but I still would go by the game tape an actual football game. <laughs> well, you guys are right about that, right? You got to be very careful. And listen, here's the trick. You said that uh, it's easy to get caught up in it. You know why it's easy? The NFL wants you to get caught up in it, right? They've made yeah. such it's, a it's, it's event, theater, though, right? Yeah. It's, it's theater. Prime time. It's on prime. <laughs> These guys are running in prime time now. I mean, look. No league knows how to make more money than the NFL. These guys are running at 7 o'clock at night. It's crazy, right? I think last year I spoke to guys. The interviews were still going on at 11, right? It's a yep. whole day thing. They've changed the schedule around so much to the detriment of some of the players. Yeah. Right. In all honesty, so they can get those prime time windows. Linebackers haven't even started yet. I mean, here on the <laughs> East Coast, it's 545. Right, and they haven't even started that. They're going to be doing the verticals, the broads, and the 40s shortly. The D-line D group just wrapped up. So I, I love what you said because I'm a bit of an old-school mentality guy myself. 
You don't want to be changed. There are a lot of really great athletes yep. that can't play a lick of football, right? And and they're going to trick some teams this weekend, right? That you you see it every year, right? So the key is Justin. You know why? Because this is the first really good look coaches get at these players. Right. The scouts have seen them. But coaches, and man, we've had a couple of them here in New Orleans. One of them was Mike Ditka. Mike was like, man, I don't give a damn about what kind of (laughs) scouting report. I'm picking my own guys. And he would pick them based on who he thought was best. But you sometimes have a coach who's got so much influence in that room. Man, what you got graded, uh, I got to coach him and I got to deal with him. Once you get past you, uh, then it's me. And I'm going to be held responsible for it. So they pick their own guy. See it each and every year it happens. Right. right. And I think who, who suffers the most from some of that stuff? It's the area scout that spent six, seven months on the road making $35,000 a year, right? Eating fast food and staying in two, three-star motels. And uh, the work quickly goes out the window, right? If you've got a head coach in the room that's got that type of personality and control. Right, I'm fully on board with you guys. What this week should do, you're hoping to. What you hope happens is that your opinion, based on the scouting report, sort of matches. Right, like yes. it'll make you. It'll make you go back and check the tape again. In some instances, wow, this guy's a, a lot better athlete than I thought he was. Or, of course, in some cases, he's a lot worse of an athlete than I thought he was. And look, that happens all. A couple of years ago, I'll tell you a story. Recently, one guy. It happened to me who I go, I thought he was going to test significantly better. And I was so glad I stuck to my guns. I said, you know what? I love this kid on tape. I, I don't care what anyone says. He ends up going in the fifth or sixth round. Los Angeles Rams running back Kyron Williams. He <laughs> tested historically poorly. And yes, I mean historically poorly. What do you have this year? He's one of the best running backs in the National Football League. Right? One of the best young running backs. Yes. The Rams are thrilled they got him on that four-year cost control deal, right? As a fi- I think it was a fifth-round pick, I believe it was. So you got to be careful not to get got this weekend. Now, uh, Justin, when you look at it, uh, now I guess it's cyclical. Uh, you look at Saudi State Conference and LSU at one point, uh, they wanted to be known as DBU, but they, they turn into DB Poo because the defense is so bad. <laughs> but they, to me, they've uh, lately, as of late, wide receiver you. I mean, you look at right now where Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas is at and their projections. Now, you can go, we all know with Jamar Chase, and you can go on and on the contribution there. But uh, now you got wide receivers uh, wanting to go to LSU because look at Jaden Daniels. He transfers and the numbers they were able to put up. So that's unbelievable how you would think you can't be DBU and wide receiver U. Now, I guess in theory you can. You know, like Alabama or LSU, any top program, they try and strive for that. But as of late, LSU's receivers have been off the chart. The other thing, too, uh, Justin, is Keon Coleman is from Opelousas, Louisiana. He got caught in the mesh here, goes to Michigan State, then he wants to transfer. He wanted to come to LSU. LSU tried to get him late, and but he took a look at that depth chart at Florida State, said, you know what, <laughs> uh, tag me in, I'm going there. So think about it. Three guys from the state of Louisiana, and Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas Jr., Keon Coleman. It's extremely impressive, and all of them are special in their own ways, right? I mean, I, I think there was a great chance 
you'll have all three of them uh, hear their name called within the opening 32 selection. Certainly the first two, I think Keon Coleman's probably the one question mark with that projection, but you watch Malik Neighbors. I mean, you know what blows me away, and I think you guys will agree, it's the stop-start acceleration, right? You just talk about a guy that's special when it comes to getting open. The route running is outstanding, and he makes plays down the field, and I'm impressed by that. But I think his ability to separate from the, in the short to intermediate portions is truly, truly special. And Brian Thomas, I believe he led the nation this year in receiving touchdowns with 17. Yes. What a breakout year for him. My Lord, right? Talk about someone coming out of nowhere. And it's the vertical explosion, right? Talk about taking the top off the defense and the ability to threaten vertically. Extremely impressive. And then with Coleman, it's the contested catch ability, right? Like, there are guys, and you know what I need, that need three, four yards of separation to make a catch, right? And there's a guy like Keon Coleman that I don't even know he needs half a yard of separation to make a catch, right? Because right? he is so physical and combative at the catch point that he makes for such a nightmare assignment, right? Uh, a little T. Higgins, I think, to his game, right? Who's someone, remember when he came out um, uh, out of Clemson, it was a bit of... Yeah, yeah I thought little, he was a first-round pick guy. He lasted into the, the second the, round. Well, I think early the second. Of the second yeah, round. Top yeah, of the yeah, second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because what well, what was the question, right? I don't know um, that he can separate correct. well enough. And look, there are guys like that. Sometimes you get bitten. I think Nikhil Harry, right? That was an issue with him, yes. and it, it, it backfired. But with a guy like T. Higgins, who's so special at the catch point, and I think Keon Coleman has a lot of those same similarities, uh, I think he can be special. And a quick shout-out, by the way, as we're talking about LSU, a guy that had a really good start this, to this his day today, and you might not have seen it if you're on radio, is Makai Wingo, the oh, deep yeah. tackle out of LSU. Really good day. I mean, he ran the 40 in 4.85 seconds. I mean, that's an electric time for a man of his size. It was the second fastest result among all deep tackles, and the 10-yard split was a 1.64 was the best result. Among all the tackles, and as you know, for those guys, that ten-yard split—you almost want you put more stock in it, right? Than the, the forty. How many, how many I times agree. is he going to run forty, right? But that ten-yard yeah. split, that quick explosion out of the stands—that's what's going to help him at the next level. Justin, right? so, one of the things with him is when he was healthy, he was hell on wheels here, yeah, and he was so quick off the snap. But where he got really better in working, especially. Uh, kind of on his own is with his arms and his hands. Because when you're a little bit taller than six foot, I think that's a bit of an advantage there because they can't get under your pads. Come on, no line, offensive lineman can get low enough uh, to get under your pads and move you. And he used that to his advantage. But, man, he's a really good technician now, and you can see it. That's well, He's really improved this game. And, and Justin, when you think about that, uh, and you look at programs, uh, he leaves Missouri. And he comes to LSU. LSU's defense sucks. And then, then you look at Missouri's defense, how good it was, and, and Wingo left. Just think how good they could have been to have right, him right, and Darius right, Robinson. Right, right. Jeez. But, you know, the one stat on Wingo, and I'm glad you guys mentioned it too, I don't think he's getting enough credit. He, only, he was limited to eight games, okay, this year due to that injury. Four and a half sacks in those eight games. What would he have finished with if he was healthy and played 12, 13, 14 game season? Right, so right. really good player that's flying under the radar right now. You now, thought, uh, you know, uh, Justin, what about um, because we're obviously going to be homers here, um, and <laughs> I always take the approach. Uh, what have you done for me lately? If you just look at last season, and now uh, if you caught in a vacuum, now it's not a vacuum, but there's no way. Okay, who played better last season, Jane Daniels or Caleb Williams? It ain't even close. 
Okay, I know Caleb Williams won the Heisman a couple of years ago, but Jane Daniels. So when people say, oh, Caleb Williams for sure over Jane Daniels, I don't know if that's the case. I mean, I think it's a win-win. They're both going to have success. But Jane Daniels was unbelievable last year in the LSU uniform. He was. Uh, there's no, I, I argued uh, countlessly, unfortunately. I, I wasted a lot of time on my Twitter timeline uh, against idiots that thought he wasn't the worthy uh, Heisman winner. He absolutely was the what? worthy Heisman winner <laughs> this year. He was outstanding. I mean, the touch, the, the touch, the interceptions, uh, counting, cutting down on them, the ability to to um, to, to run the football right, the, the way he was just creating something from nothing, yes. the deep ball accuracy, right? So guys like Brian Thomas Jr. I thought he had the best or second best deep ball in all of college football this year. And if it was second best, I don't mean it as a negative because I thought Michael Penix had a great deep yes, ball as well. Right. But that's that's I mean, I, I, it is so rare. It is so rare that you see a kid, a quarterback especially, develop and take steps forward the way he has. I mean, I'll raise my hand up. Would you have predicted that when he got there out of Arizona? No, well, well, no, no. no well, we are not uh, because they had Miles Brennan and all that. There's a lot of competition right. always at LSU. But the one thing. He you, could uh, run. Uh, no, and, and you know what? Uh, another thing, Mike and Justin, you know what? Uh, a lot of times people don't realize when Joe Burrow came from Ohio State, he wasn't yeah. outstanding from no, the get-go. So nope. you look at Jane Daniels from one year to the next, very similar success. Uh, Joe Burrow, one year to the next, they both won the Heisman. And look what Joe Burrow has accomplished with the Bengals. I think Brian right. took a look at that and said, man, I'm going to have to start two freshman tackles. <laughs> I better get me a guy that can move in the pocket. And, and, and Bob knows Miles really, really well. That, that wasn't Miles' strong suit. He was a pure pocket Passer. He was a pocket passer. He should have not. Uh, he should have went to Southern Miss. He should have uh, not. Don't, okay, I want to be an LSU Tiger. I'm an LSU Tiger for life. What? You better be selfish and think about yourself, uh, because competition. Hey, listen. Uh, I, 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 I am always for uh, everything based on merit. So I never uh, think like, oh, just because uh, you loyal to LSU. What the hell that means? That don't mean anything. You to be loyal to yourself. And so all of a right. sudden, uh, that's because uh, Miles Brennan, when you think about this, Justin, Miles Brennan played three games uh, at LSU. He threw for over 1,000 yards, and he got hurt, and then it was done. I mean, then you got to have love for football, and you get beat up. You have uh, injuries off the field and all that. You're trying to go fishing. You break your arm. You get caught on a wharf. All kind of stuff. Crazy stuff happened. But I'm telling you, when you look at, uh, at Jane Daniels, and it was always like, oh, well, Miles got a raw dude at LSU. What the what? hell are you talking about? No. I mean, it's like, no, the best man, you rise, you might have to go someplace else. Okay, perfect example. You look at Jalen Hurts. Okay, look what happened with Jalen Hurts and Tua. Or you look what happened even, I don't know what's going to happen with Spencer Rattler. Oh, okay, all of a sudden he's at Oklahoma. It looks like he's doing pretty damn good, Mike. And then all of a sudden you Caleb get Caleb Williams, Williams hits down. And then he's going to South Carolina. And Caleb leaves and he's going, that's the world we live in. you got to do what's best. That's why I'm not against the transfer portal. Because you have to do what's best for you and your opportunity. Now you got to take advantage of that. But it's not like, 
oh, uh, like I love the Oklahoma Sooners for life. Like what? Right. Uh, they, they, how much, how much did Lincoln Riley? <laughs> how much did he love the Oklahoma yeah, Sooners? Lincoln when he, Riley, was, he right. sent the private jet, right, in a hundred million dollar <laughs> contract, right? I mean, exactly. got on that thing pretty quickly, if I recall correctly. So, yeah. Yeah, Justin, he was one of those. I'll never leave Oklahoma. Right. And right. Bang until that USC yeah, money, uh, that come check uh, cash in. Justin, thanks so much for joining us. Maybe we want to get you back on. Uh, great talking with you about the draft, and we'll uh, give you a call back right after the combine. Give us a little bit more insights. Pleasure's all mine. You know where to find me. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Appreciate it. Justin Mello from the NFL Draft Network will be back to finish it up here in our number one of Sports Talk on the Big 870. We're finishing up here in our number one of Sports Talk on the Big 870. At a little after 520, we'll have former Major League Baseball pitcher Scotty Sanders talking to us about LSU baseball. And, man, what a heartbreak last night for the Nickel State Colonels. They go in extra innings, lose it to South Alabama. They did beat Southern Miss, though. And so uh, we'll talk to Scott about that. And Jimmy, Justin, Justin will be with you right after the news break here on the Big 870 WWL. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.